What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Under the Feathers. I'm your host, Chris Paddock. And I'm Logan Campbell. Guys, we just wanted to say thank you all so much for all the feedback and uh, all of our listeners, all of our fans. We really do appreciate it. Um, you know, we've, we've kind of given you all some advice a little bit about baseball, a little bit about life, and a little bit about Mad Duck Outfitters and kind of what our goals and dreams are of this podcast and what we have planned for the future. Um, but we've also asked you guys to, you know, give us some feedback, putting some comments down below in our, you know, Instagram pictures, DMs, whatever that might be. And we actually have a couple questions uh, that we wanted to start the episode with, um, which I'm super excited about. But I know Logan also wanted to bring up a cool thing that we have for you guys as we enter episode number three. I don't want to spoil too much, but we do have a cool opportunity that we've created with a band uh, called the 22s that we'll be diving deep into later in the towards the end of the episode but I don't want to tease too much but there might be a little mad duck anthem coming at you guys so we're fired up about that make sure you stay tuned all the way till the end we'll give you a little tease heck yeah baby heck yeah the 22 shout out to those guys um, make sure y'all stay tuned for the entire episode and we'll, we'll give y'all that mad duck anthem for the podcast um but i'll kind of just dive right into it man Uh, i'm super excited about this episode just because we get to engage with our fans our listeners Um, and the first question as i scroll through my notes here is what's a good beginner loadout Uh, me and logan will both answer these questions uh, just to kind of see if we have similarities or if we have differences so to answer this for me um you know, kind of just getting into the waterfowl world uh, a couple years back, um, I've I've learned that you know not every um, situation you're going to have a cargo trailer, you're not going to have 12 hunters. Um, so for me, it's it's basically you know you can get away with a dozen decoys. Um, obviously, you got to have your shotgun, loadout bag. Um, you know, if you have a dog, obviously that's highly recommended. <laughs> just because those athletes uh, make our life so much easier um, when we can just, you know, cast those guys or cast those dogs out and, and watching them do what they're bred to do. Um, I know one thing, too, is the species that we're hunting. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're going out duck hunting, you know, you want to, depending on where you're hunting, Chris said, you know, having that dozen of decoys, if you're hunting a small pond, whatever, just knowing your surrounding, knowing your environment for that hunt is a big thing. You know, you're not going to set out a dozen of silhouettes for goose hunting. That's going to be tough to kill birds. But there might be situations where it's like that. Um, just knowing that your goal is to represent or re- recreate what you saw when you were out scouting. Um, if it's a small little creek and you only saw 15 birds on it, you know, you don't want to put out 300 decoys. <laughs> they're going to be like, what the heck? Who are all these guys? Yeah, they're still going to come in, but just not having – too many decoys and situations or not enough for sure helps. Um, but going kind of off what Chris says, just ha- making sure you guys have those essentials, the guns, like he said, the dog, absolutely. That is, that's what makes it fun for me is having a dog be able to get the birds for you. Cause I know sometimes going in the water can be tough. I fell in this year, which sucked. And Chris was out hunting and I didn't have a dog. So we split up that time and I slipped and fell in the water, and I was cold the rest of the morning. Yeah, I think you, what's funny is you, you did hit on it a little bit there, is, 
you know, the, the species that you're hunting. I think that that's overlooked. Um, yep. And that's something that I learned. And, you know, you go back all the way to Duck Dynasty, the, the OGs who got everybody kind of back into, you know, bringing this sport to life again is, you know, if you're hunting wood ducks, throw out wood ducks. Yep. If you're hunting pintails, throw out pintails. Yep. That's something that I've learned hunting this past year too is, you know, we have obviously your mallards, you know, your hen, your drake. Uh, but getting creative, if you're, if you're going till hunt early season, you know, go buy a dozen, you know, green wing till whatever it might be and, yep. and trying, you're trying to look just like you scouted, yep. you know, whatever the amount of birds you're trying to simulate that as, as close to possible. Um, and that's kind of something that I learned as well. Even when we're out in the field, goose hunting is it's hard to draw in birds when you only got 12 silhouettes, yep. you know, if you have 200. Okay, now you're now you're getting some attention. They're, Absolutely, they're circling, they're working. Um, there, there's those people that throw out huge spreads right. and have success, and other days don't. It's it's just part of it. These birds are getting smart. What is where you're hunting? What does it present to you? Correct. You know, like creeks and you know small watering holes. That's a little bit more challenging because you have to give these birds a place to land. You yep. know, the kill zone, um, and that's also something that I learned this past past hunting season. Is I'm the guy that wants to throw out all six dozen dive bombs and yep. freaking make it look glorious out there and sun's rising shooting lights right around the corner but you, you take away you're educating these birds as they know how many birds are in the area they know how many birds they're flying with and oh, if yeah, they, they go to this creek or pond and they see you know 60 birds decoys the odds of them landing are very rare correct now if you have 200 birds the night before if you're scouting that hole, absolutely load it up if, if it's if it presents itself. Yeah. You know, if, if the opportunity is there to where you have multiple kill zones or you have two groups split up on the same watering hole, whatever it might be, yep. I think that that's, that's a good point that you brought up. Going back to the roost, too, is like knowing how many birds are on the roost. Are these birds splitting up off the roost or are all these birds getting up and going together? We learned that this year is the roost, you know, there's waves. You'll have the first 200 get up and come to us, and then the next 200, next 500. And being able to go to that roost and see, like, all right, there's 7,000 birds here. Are all 7,000 going to come to us? No, maybe not. But understanding what's on the roost, what are you, what are you working with, what, what did you scout the, that, that night, all of that factors into what your spread should look like, what your equipment is. And going back to the cargo trailer and stuff, you know, a lot of people aren't fortunate to what we have going on. And as we grow, the more decoys and all that. But if you're a beginner getting into this into this sport, the big thing is just simplifying it, man. Making sure your hide's right. You know, if you don't have the money to buy a big A-frame or have the blind, the glorious blind, just get yourself, you and a buddy, go get you a layout blind. And you can hunt out of a, you know, by a duck hole. We've done that. We did that this year right by a water hole. Or if you're field hunting, layout blinds are very nice because they're mobile. You can do a lot with it, easy to hide. Um, so just making sure you guys can get those easy things out of the way. Most important, we, we've said it multiple times, is hiding. That is the number one thing is hiding. And then you can go into the decoys and obviously the shotguns and all that. Um if you're goose hunting, having those flags, you know, trying to get those guys, those birds that are flying way off to get their attention. And at the end of the day is having 
the calls, you know, right, duck right. calls, goose calls, all that working on it. Um, I've, I've been trying to help you with some goose calling and all that. I'm not the greatest goose caller, but understanding like there's a time to practice goose calling and there's time to call in the field. And if you're not ready to call yet, don't call. There's, there's situations where there's a no call situation for geese cause they just want in that field so bad. Right. So I think, um, you know, I agree so much to what you just said, just because, you know, this sport is expensive. Yeah. And I, I think we have learned that this past hunting season of starting, getting, getting our feet wet with starting this outfitter and our goals and dreams for this company. Um, that's why we're talking about it on a podcast is <laughs> yeah. we just, we're so obsessed with it. Yep. Um, it's just simplifying it and, and making it, you know, you don't have to have $2,000 in savings to go enjoy a good duck hunt or a good goose hunt right you know get with your buddies split a dozen decoys get a little carhartt backpack you don't need yep. anything fancy you don't you don't need a 300 hundred dollar call yep. i'm guilty of that it doesn't help <laughs> let me tell you it does not help it does not make you sound better go get you you know something simple a duck commander 30 dollar call and practice 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 yep. and obviously our neighbors hate us here in florida because we practice a lot um speaking about that and, <laughs> and we logan's gonna bring up a story later in this podcast that happened today um as we're recording this podcast and it's it's an unbelievable story but i'll i'll save that to him later but going you know continue what i was saying is you know simplifying it and and you don't need you know the the biggest and baddest gear you know there's so many competitors out there with name brands and Sitka and sheen and you know, R&T calls, whatever it is that, you know, you kind of grew up on or your buddies have. I think at the end of the day, whatever you grew up around is is the brand of your choice. You, you know, got those Sitka guys right. out there. You got the Sheen guys. Right. So, absolutely. And, and I think it's just like vehicles, you know. I'm a GMC guy. I get shit for that all the time. Ford, baby. Yeah, Ford. you know, it's, it's one of those things. It's just <laughs> whatever you're raised on. Um, but I think that that's a really good question, um, especially for beginners simplified i think logan hit on that really well is simplifying it making it easy as possible you know know your know your area know the species you're hunting and then go from there um, but that kind of jumps into question number two um, that we have is you know they wanted to know what gear we use um, when we go on our hunts and what our favorite brands are and things that maybe aren't well known but work great for us so i'll i'll let you kind of start it off and then our i'll, I'll kind of uh, relay yeah. I, have. I mean, to start off with decoys, I've become, me and you have become big fans of dive bombing industries. They have a phenomenal product. Uh, we almost use all their decoys, floaters, silhouettes, socks, um, you name it. We kind of have, have it. They have some full bodies coming out. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're fired up for that. And you know, as mad duck grows and we invest more into dive bomb as all the new products they come out with, I mean, they're nonstop developing new stuff and, we can't wait to see what what else they put out on the market, but they're also you know doing the waiters. They're getting into all that type of stuff, yeah. and I know they they they're a good company for sure. They understand the quality and all that, and it goes back to their decoys. This is our first year with them, and we didn't have a single problem with them at all. It's easy pickup. The silhouettes are awesome. The fully flocked, fully you know, flocked just... silhouettes are it, and I know that. Geese are getting a little, they're getting used to them. It, it, it's tough, but mixing in those full bodies with it helps because when those geese are flying over top, they're like, oh, where'd those silhouettes go? Well, mixing in those full bodies definitely help. 
And then you got those people out there that do just strictly full bodies, just silhouettes. And we're starting to see what works better as we grow. Um, but up in Michigan, I we basically run all silhouettes and we, we kill them for sure. But when you got as many birds as we've been getting in Texas, they're starting to spot out the silhouettes a lot more. So. Yeah, it just, you know, even when we did set out those spreads, multiple hunts this past season is, you know, I started to notice too, like if you can see that line of silhouettes soaking the birds, yeah. you know, trying to make it, you know, adjusting them, you know, each group that comes in, you know, educating ourselves because we're educating the birds, yeah. you know, mixing in those full bodies, I definitely noticed was a huge difference. And then obviously over time, you know, being able to have a second cargo trailer just full of full bodies uh, for our clients, I think is going to be huge. Yeah, um, I think uh, too is going into shotguns. Uh, we have uh, the Otis SMX 12 gauge shotgun. Uh, awesome, awesome gun. Clean looking gun. I know you went with, uh, what was yours? Mine was like that kind of that bronze copper. Bronze um, with the wood. With the wood. Yep. Yeah. Kind of that just old, you know, I just like that traditional wood stock. Yeah. You know, that look. And that's that kind of goes to, you know, maybe some brands that aren't well known. Correct. Otis, you know, huge shout out to those guys. They are just now getting into the waterfowl industry. That's their, you know, that's their focus right now. Uh, and they have some awesome stuff with the carbon fiber stocks. Yep. You know, that's what they're patenting right now is, is kind of that shock the, absorbing. Yep, the shock uh, absorbing, which is good for pitchers. You know, we're trying to protect our shoulder once right. we're shooting limits almost all the time. You know, being able to protect our shoulder, that's a big reason why we went with Otis. Uh, we saw that technology and we're like, dude, maybe this will work. And yeah. I didn't come out of a hunt saying, man, my shoulder's a little sore. And I'm not, I'm not sure exactly when they started. Yeah. You know, don't quote me on this, but I want to say it was you know, fairly new. 2019, 2020. Yeah. Maybe even later than that, 2022 possibly. Yeah. Uh, I know my buddies in Michigan, I was telling them about it and they said, I don't know who Otis is. Right. And a lot of people all this year, they're like, dang, what Dude, guns are those? What? That's sick. Uh, yeah. So shout out to those guys, you know, some of the other stuff, but know, this goes back to simplifying is you don't need a <laughs> right. Otis SMX 12 shotgun or a Beretta or a Benelli. Y'all, all you young guys, what, what was one of your first guns? I still have it to this day and I used it on multiple hunts. Y'all don't laugh at me now. The old Remington. 870 pump and i've never had an issue i mean that sucker i've dropped it a couple of times it's it's been in you know heavy weather whatever it might be um and that sucker is durable so you know for me giving out advice to beginners go get you an 870 remington man yep. you know 400 hundred dollar gun yep. that's going to last you for a lifetime and be able to pass it down to your kids Absolutely. your kids kids if you take care of it um you know, having an automatic is nice for yeah, sure. hundred percent. But at the end of the day, you still got to be able to shoot the bird. You got to be a good shot. Uh, What's the saying? It's not the, it's not the, it's not the arrow. It's, it's not the arrow. It's the Indian. That's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just kind of continue. Obviously we talked about dive bomb. We talked about Otis shotguns. What are some other, some uh, other brands? Obviously I'm a sick guy. Yeah. Head to toe. Um, We've we've been on duck camp. Yep, you know, I'm, a, I'm more of a duck camp guy. They're on, you know, out of Austin, Texas. Yep, an represent. Hour, hour from my ranch. Um, you know, so being able to represent Texas, I think, is is a pretty cool Absolutely. way. Um, there's just so many brands that we could probably talk about. Lucky that. Duck, Lucky you know, duck. Lucky Duck decoys yep. for sure. Our spinners, yeah, our spinners. Um, our layout blinds, the Alps Outdoors. 
um, the zero gravity. Those are about as comfy as it gets out there for sure. And I'm, you know, I'm six five, two hundred twenty pound frame. Like, and that's a big problem for yeah. a lot of a lot, people. I feel like multiple podcasts that we've listened to before we started ours. There's big is, dudes out there. There's big guys out there that haven't missed a meal. Yep. And that are, you know, former athletes or whatever it might be. And they struggle with layout blinds, including yep. myself. But those Alps, you know, zero gravity layout blinds, I really don't have, you know, I don't run into very many issues besides getting in and out of the blind. Yep. But when it's 20 degrees and your body's stiff, that, that's going to be any blind. You know, <laughs> right. it's not just not just theirs. But, um, yeah, I think that that's a, a really good um, question just because it's one of those preference things. You know, whatever you kind of grew up on, whatever your buddies hunt with. Uh, what those, you can afford. Yeah, what you can afford. I mean, there's expensive brands and then there's cheap brands yeah, for sure. Sitka is kind of the Gucci and Louis Vuitton of, yep. of waterfowl. So, Absolutely. Um, but while I'm kind of digging into notes, finding the next questions that, that we want to answer, I want you to tell uh, tell the listeners that story that happened earlier <laughs> today. So, you know, Chris is, uh, just got back from training and everything, and I'm making lunch. You know, I got the duck calls always sitting around here in the apartment and I'm blowing it, trying to get better every day. I don't do, I don't blow the goose call cause that gets a little too loud and Chris like, dude, we're going to get fined. <laughs> so I've been just, you know, calling we have a little water right out, right out front of our apartment and we see model ducks all the time in there. And I'm just, you know, blowing my duck call, feeder chuckling. All of a sudden I see a duck out the window my door's open i see a duck out the window flying land uh right out front by the water and i'm <laughs> feeder chuckling and this duck starts walking towards me i'm like no way i'm calling this duck in right now walks across the road as a car passes you know waiting for the car to pass i'm still feeder chuckling i'm like chris you got to get out here and look at this wakes me up from my nap <laughs> FaceTime call, and here's this duck literally 15 yards away from Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we're on the second floor, so it didn't know where it was coming from, but it got probably 15 feet from our front door. I'm just feeder chuckling at it, and it's just going, it's just funny. And it was, shoot, you gave me that call. What is that call? That's the OG I don't even know the brand. I think the brand is Ducks Unlimited. Yeah, like I think it is. OG Ducks Unlimited. Reeds haven't been cleaned since <laughs> I was born, you know, whatever yeah. it is. But but just just going into, like, it's cool seeing, like, the practice. And then, obviously, Mother Nature is like, hey, I'll, let me bless you with all that practice you're doing and put a bird in front of you. So it was cool, a <laughs> cool little story. And uh, I thought it was cool that, you know, as you practice, you get to see it show out in front of you it but. goes back to what we said about simplifying it logan oh yeah has, logan has a couple calls that run about 150 dollars, and i gave him a hand-me-down that i don't know what it cost back <laughs> in the day but 40 dollars, let's say and he's like dude this is my new favorite call i just call hey, if it works it works <laughs> uh so i thought that was pretty cool i wanted him to share that with you guys um yeah, continuing on, um, I think this is going to be a pretty cool one um, from all you know our audience and our listeners that we've engaged um, as we enter, you know, as we're recording episode number three is how do we balance hunting, baseball, and our personal life with you know traveling so much throughout the year, and then obviously having something to you know look forward to as we come home for hunting season. Um, and I'll kind of I'll kind of 
you know, relay that on my end is, you know, starting this business with Logan, you know, in rehab last year, I think, you know, we had a lot of hopes and dreams and we've accomplished everything and some, you know, and, and it oh, just yeah. goes to show if you make, if you make anything a priority in life, obviously, you know, some of our listeners are probably married, have kids, you know, family stuff, a nine to five job, you know, there, there are some obstacles that are going to be in the way, you know, absolutely. Um, your wife might put you in the doghouse and you can't leave, <laughs> leave the house. You know, I get it. Um, you know, make an excuse and find a Buy way. Buy some flowers. <laughs> you know, write a, write a hand note, you know, leave it on her mirror, whatever it is. P.S. I'm going duck hunting. <laughs> uh, mad duck outfitters. Uh, but anyways, I think that's a, that's a really good question that we can kind of, you know, give advice to of, you know, things that me and Logan have learned starting this company. It hasn't been easy. Um, but I think that we're just so obsessed with this sport. You know, we're, we're not just interested, we're obsessed. And, uh, at the end of the day, if, if you're obsessed with something and you make it a priority in life, um, you know, you'll see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I think that this past season, um, was a perfect example for that, for us is, yeah. is we learned so many things and we enjoyed every moment. We Absolutely. We're still talking about it. It's why we started a podcast so we can tell these stories and take y'all along this journey with us. Um, and I, and I'm finally healthy. I'm about to enter, you know, the 2024 baseball season, but I'm still able to record podcasts yep. and, you know, get this content out for you guys because I enjoy it. And yeah. it, it honestly is an escape for baseball for me. Like, we have the perfect off season for, you know, hunting. the waterfowl hunting, Absolutely. you know, waterfowl industry that we're trying to create here and, and bring these baseball players into this world of, you know, we play baseball from February to October. Guess what starts in November? Absolutely. You know, so I think that that's what's, that's what's been pretty special for me. Um, kind of answering that question and I'll kind of toss it off to you. Yeah. I was going to say too the, the off season for baseball lines up so well for waterfall hunting. That's where we kind of were like, dude, let's do this. You know, we got nothing having a little hobby in the off season to take your mind off of a long season of baseball and then go into a medium, medium season of hunting. It's cool being able to go home and get right into hunting. I know there's a lot of baseball players in the MLB, you know, a lot of people or even college and all that, that, as soon as baseball season's over, they're getting right into hunting. And that's why me and Chris started this company is just because we want to create that hobby. Yeah. yeah, That community community. for all these baseball players, all these athletes that line up so well, you know, we're we're all competitors at the end of the day, you know, when baseball season's done, shoot, let's transfer that over to duck hunting and being able to treat it like a game. You know, we're setting up the spread, you know, that's like pregame. And then guess what? That first bird comes in. That's the first inning of our baseball game. And I'm, that's what fires me up. And I think, you know, you're bringing up the baseball and how we can correlate that into the offseason and we're competitors is, you know, one of our posts that we posted, you know, last week, um, our, first, our first post on Mad Duck Outfitters of, you know, us throwing a bullpen after the hunt yeah people were like what in the world is this what's going on why'd you guys do that (laughs) well four days later we're getting dms from current you know college baseball players or high school players or you know big league guys that are following us we just were we're trying to show everybody that you know we love the waterfowl world we love hunting but we still got to get our work in yep and it's possible we 
we have that cargo trailer. We're able to carry that portable mound. Um, my nephew is a catcher in, in high school. Yep. You know, it, it just it works out. You know, it's not going to be like that every time. No. It's perfect. <laughs> right. Um, we get pizza delivered out to the field, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. Um, but I wanted to hit on that is, you know, that, that photo is kind of blown up for us. Yeah. And that's what's so special is we're trying to show, especially current athletes, yep. you know, whether it's baseball, basketball, football, tennis, you're on the chess team, whatever it is, that you can still be a waterfowl hunter at the end of the yep. day. And you just got to make your priorities straight. You got to, you know, if if you're trying to chase that big league dream, you know, there's no excuse of, of throwing a, a post post hunts, you know, bullpen. Yeah, 100%. Um, and that's, that's what was pretty special. I wanted to kind of interrupt you a little bit, but go back to what you were saying. Yeah, and we're getting our running in, running down all these geese and ducks <laughs> for sure. So for those that think we don't run, we are out there. Um, yeah, we still get all of our um, all of our work in. Obviously, me and Chris, you know, as soon as we're done hunting Sunday, you know, we go back home and we start our week of Monday through Thursday of training. And Friday's us- Friday this off season was our bullpen days and Tuesdays. And that happened to fall on a Friday. And we're like, dude, let's just throw a bullpen out in the field just to, you know, show that we can do it. Right. And that was something – that was a cool opportunity that not a lot of people – I don't think anybody's ever done. Right. And that's a big reason why we did it is we're like, let's show people. Yeah. You know, it, And it, it wasn't – what was so special about it is it – it wasn't us staging anything or acting out like, hey, look at us. You know, we're baseball players and we enjoy waterfowl. It was just strictly like we, need- <laughs> we needed to throw a bullpen. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we had all the resources there of, of my nephew being able to catch us. And yep. we had the pizza box be home plate after <laughs> we crushed that whole whole thing of pizza. But yeah. it just goes to show that, you know, no matter where you're at, you can, you can still find ways to get better. And yep. I think that that's – that's what's so special about, you know, our journey here is as we enter, you know, we're, we completed our first year of hunting and we know that we know our do's and don'ts, the ins and outs of going into next season of what we're going to be able to, how we're going to manage, you know, the baseball with the waterfowl. I think uh, something we might be able to offer at Mad Duck is after a hunt, we can do pitching lessons <laughs> right after the <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh, I'm All right, give you uh, shooting we just, lessons we just got we just got done limiting out. All right, uh, Kevin, you're up on the mound for a pitching <laughs> lesson. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, I guess the next question that I'll go into, um, you know, for me, and then I'll have Logan kind of uh, echo me is, what's your greatest hunting memory? Mm. And for me, it's actually not waterfowl. Um, okay. you know, even though I did have some awesome hunts this past season and I, I love it, this one's going to be hard to beat for me. And it goes back to 2021, the year after COVID and it was Thanksgiving day. I was out at my ranch in West Texas, um, with my uncle Robert and we were out in the deer blind and, um, you know, my uncle is a huge, you know, he, he's the one who kind of got me into hunting in general, you know, just going out to deer camp and, you know, around the bonfires and no service and just enjoying life. Um, so shout out to him for that. And he's so like, he's so obsessed with deer hunting. So I kind of followed his footsteps growing up. Yeah. Long story short, we're, you know, having a couple beers in the blind and doing our thing, telling stories. And we got, you know, the feeder just goes off. Unfortunately, yes, in Texas, we get to hunt feeders. So for everybody who's giving me shit for that, this I is part him, of guys, it. don't worry. 
so we're just sitting there, you know, having a good time. It's Thanksgiving morning, and, uh, you know, nothing's, nothing's showing up. I have some, you know, decent deer on camera, and they're rolling in at, you know, 4, 4.30 in the afternoon, and I'm like, man, it's, it's got to happen. They know we're here. It's just part of it. Like, be patient. And sure enough, you know, me and my uncle are glassing out probably a thousand yards. I have I have a little ridge that I get to look out for my blind, and uh, my uncle's like, "There's a big one right there." He grabs his antlers and calls this buck from a thousand yards, and we got to watch every step that this deer took straight to the feeder. And he only gave me about three or four minutes to pull that trigger, just because you know it was an older deer, um, the biggest deer of my life. It's you know, scored a little over 155 on my low fence, free range. That's a monster. Yeah. You know, West Texas monster for sure. Um, you know, one shot dropped him, perfect shot. And being able to just reflect on that and capture that moment with my uncle um, was, for me was, was very special just because, you know, he's getting older. We don't have many more hunts, you know, left together. And, and that's, for me personally, that's one that I'll, I'll remember for the rest of my life. Absolutely. I'm terrible at telling stories, so <laughs> I apologize. Uh, mine's also non-waterfowl related. Is um, Mine was a turkey hunt uh, back in Michigan. This is like one of the big things that got me into hunting. Um, I was with my buddies back in Michigan, Logan McMillan, and his dad. His dad's a very, very big-time hunter. Uh, especially we call him Don the turkey man <laughs> and he's just had proven success one of his things is he said he will put a turkey in front of you no matter what and I've not I don't think I've ever heard him tell a story where he hasn't put a turkey in front of someone now they miss 100% I've heard hundreds of stories like that but um <clears throat> mine was uh this one I gotta tell the whole thing but uh morning it was an early early morning obviously and we go out and Don's like, Logan, I want you to remember this one thing. They call me Junior because his son's name's Logan. So he's like, Junior, I want you to remember this one thing. And it was bug spray. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I got you. Don't worry, I got it. So I spray myself down, you know, with bug spray because I'm like, oh, I got it. I might as well put it on before we get out there. So then we get out there and we sit down. And all of a sudden, and then I hear Logan and Don start slapping themselves. <laughs> and Don's like, hey, Junior, pass me that bug spray. I'm patting around my my jacket. I'm like, dude, no way. I forgot the bug spray. One job. Dude. One job. And, you know, Don's taking me out for a turkey. So I'm like, you know, I, I've got to make sure I remember it. And I freaking forgot. So the whole time, slap in their face the whole time, and I'm not getting bit. And I look over, and there is a cloud of mosquitoes over the top of them, and not over me. I'm not, and I just keep on seeing them slap themselves. And Don's like, Junior, pass me the bug spray. And we're up off in the distance. It was an awesome early morning, the sunrise, and it got so bad. And Don's like, Junior, hand me it now. I'm like, Don, I forgot the bug spray. <laughs> and I tell you what, he he uh, was a little upset with me, and we ended up getting up and going away because how bad it got. And I, that was probably one of my most forgetful moments, and I was pretty upset because I obviously didn't get to shoot a turkey. 
and we get back to the truck and I'm getting, you know, cursed out a little bit for not having the bug spray. And then Logan goes, duck, duck, duck. I'm like, where there's, I thought it was a ducks flying over top. He's like, no, get down. There's a turkey out in the field. So we ended up, there's a big ass Tom out in the field. We're like, we might get, we might be able to call on this turkey. So we run to the field edge, grab the decoy and we set up and sure enough, we put this decoy out and get back in the spread in the field edge before he saw him because there was a little ridge and he called in this turkey and I'm laying down like in a sniper position because we, you know, didn't, Real didn't quick, get time yeah. to set up and I could feel my heart pushing up off the ground because how, how nervous, not nervous, but exciting I, I was, um, got my heart pumping for sure. And sure enough, Don called that turkey in probably 15 yards, and I shot through probably five yards of grass, and Logan's behind me. He's like, pretend that grass is not there. I'm like, all right. So he's like, shoot him. Shoot it, and I drop the thing, and it starts getting up and trying to fly away. Logan gets up, runs after the turkey, grabs it mid out of the air, and <laughs> and that was one of my first turkeys, I think, is – Weighed 26 pounds, double beard. Oh, it was just gorgeous. And that's what, another thing unfortunate with baseball we don't get to do anymore because springtime turkey and we're over down here in Florida playing baseball. So I know turkey season's starting up, but gosh. Have you ever, have you shot a turkey? I mean, I've shot in some turkey during deer season, but it's right. never. Yeah, yeah they're know, not. I've heard stories about spring oh, turkey. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. You know, the way they do it, the way they finish. Yep. Um, you know, they're so talkative and oh, vocal. Yeah. So like you said, unfortunately, you know, until we hang up the cleats, yep. we won't be able to experience that. <laughs> right. We usually head out to spring training late January, early yeah. February. So we don't, don't get to experience that. But um, I still love, I have a lot is, of, that's a really cool story though. Yeah. I have a lot of duck hunting stories for sure. But, um, I just had to say that Turkey story just cause that was one of my favorite for sure. And then the next following year I was, able to double up with Logan as well on a turkey and he shot his with a bow which was pretty sick. Heck yeah. I have a story. I have a video out there actually. Is that on your Instagram? Uh I think I I think it is. If not, I might have to post it. Yeah, absolutely. Um going into another question here is what would you say to the haters that doubt your knowledge and expertise because of your age? Ooh. That's a that's a very uh well educated question. Yeah. Um, I believe Logan, your buddy Logan, Nolan, Nolan, Nolan sent, um, that one. sent that one over. So, uh, Nolan, we appreciate you being a listener <laughs> to the podcast. Um, but to answer that, man, I, I was, you know, I was talking to Logan a little bit before the podcast, going over our notes and stuff that we wanted to talk about. And, you know, we want to make it clear to our listeners that we're professional baseball players. Yep. We're not, we're not professional waterfowl hunters. Okay. We want, we want to be. That's our goal. Yeah. But. I'm entering my ninth spring training, my sixth season in the big leagues, and I haven't been more prepared for a season than I am right now. Yeah. And I'm learning. You're still mind. learning to this yeah. day. And I'm a professional baseball player. You know, it just goes to show that, you know, there's going to be haters in this world, yep. and so be it. You yep. know, you, you get a group of ten people in a room, somebody's not going to like what you said. Correct. Um, and at the end of the day, some of my advice to, to people, not to get into – too deep here but you know not caring what other people think I think 
nowadays with, Gosh, with social yeah. media and stuff, you know, we're always comparing ourselves to others. Absolutely. And, you know, yeah, we want to be the best version of ourselves and try and please everybody, but unfortunately you can't. Yep. Um, control what you can control. Yeah, absolutely. So, but to answer, you know, because of our age, I would say, you know, we're fairly young entering yep. this, you know, starting this Mad Duck Outfitters, 100%. you know, brand and our company that we want to launch in a couple of years. And, and this, that, and the other is you're never too young to start, Yep. you know, but if you never start, you're never going to learn. You're never going to, yep. you know, educate yourself on what could have been and never like for us, we just never want to have doubt. You yep. know, we, we never thought we would be in our living room talking <laughs> about this, 100%. having our podcast enter in episode number three. Like it just, we made it a priority. We, we love our listeners. We love the audience that we've drawn in with our baseball connections and the love and obs- obsession that we have for waterfowl. Um, but Nolan, to answer your question, there's always going to be haters. Yeah. I think kind of going off that too is Chris kind of keyed in on it is like, we're not, we're not saying we're going to be the best or we are the best. Um, we got, we got the time. We have the opportunity in front of us to become that, you know, we're, I say it multiple times we're in the minor leagues of waterfowl, you know, one day we're going to be like, dude, you know, we got it figured out. Yeah. We, we know how to do it. But at the end of the day, it's mother nature. You know, we can't predict what these birds are going to do. We can try our damnness to figure it out. You know, that's part of waterfowl. You got those outfitters out there that's been doing it for, 20 30 40 years you know don back in michigan he's been doing it ever since he was 18 but he had the opportunity to that because you know his dad grew up he has a brother that they got into it early um and we took the leap of faith just to say you know who cares if we don't limit out every time or we don't kill a bird it's just part of it and going off that is we just took it and ran with it and we're not giving up on it even if we do fail, guess what? We're going to get right back up and do right, it again right. because we're obsessed with it like we are with baseball. How many times have you failed in baseball? Right. I mean, it is the game of failure. 100%. And we still get back out there on that mound and, and still go compete. Um, but. And I think, you know, you, you brought up a good point there is in the opportunity. Yep. Um, and that's that's what we have here. We, we have an opportunity to, you know, bring a community yeah. together that, you know, unfortunately, this sport has kind of been on a downfall. Yep. And we want to bring that back up to yep. the top, top of the food chain. And there are some other baseball players that, you know, Archie Bradley at Crash Landing in Oklahoma, you know, played in the big leagues for a while. Um, you know, if y'all are fans of him, y'all know him, his success with the Diamondbacks. You know, he's he's doing it right over there. And yep. I've, I've hopped on a, a phone call with him last year and, and got some advice from him, and he's still learning to this day too. So yeah. no, no one has all the answers. Um, but you got to start somewhere. You got to start somewhere. You know the opportunity. You're never going to know what you can get to or become if you never start. Correct. So, but we can control that experience. That's what we want to bring. Is you know if you come hunt out with, if you get to come hunt with us, we're you know we're going to have a good time. Yeah. We're going to have that good time back at the lodge. We're going to have a good time in the field. We're going to be able to tell baseball stories. You guys ask us baseball questions, we'll be able to answer them. Yeah. You know, but getting up at 6 a.m. and going out there and hunting, yeah, that's the hard part. But just getting out there, guys, is the big thing. You know, if, if you're getting into waterfowl or you've never done it and you're listening to this podcast, shoot, send us a DM and maybe we can set you up on a hunt to get you guys into it. Um, that's our big thing is especially all those athletes out there is, 
you know, Mad Duck, we want that to be represented as a athlete brand. We want those athletes coming out and then bringing those little brothers and bringing the family. And we just want to be a role model, not only in the field, but on the field. You know, a lot of people look up to Chris. You know, I've been around you for a while now and people recognize you. Hey, Sheriff. Hey, Sheriff. You know, that's cool. Um, now I want to be able to do that with Mad Duck is, hey, you got, you got the Mad Duck boys? And yeah, you're damn right we are. Yeah. So we just want to have an experience, you know, whether that's you guys seeing us on social media or wearing our merchandise pretty soon. Absolutely. <laughs> so. um, you know, those are all good points there. Um, I think the next question is more so for you. Um, you know, everybody knows now that you moved from Michigan down to Texas this, yep. this offseason to stay with me for baseball related. And obviously, yeah. you know, kind of kind of get the ball rolling on Mad Duck is what's been the biggest challenges from learning to hunt in Michigan, you know, where you grew up to coming down to, uh, you know, the great state of Texas. Yeah. I mean, to start off, I mean, the environment's way different. You know, you got a lot more fields where we hunt, a lot less water, different species. Um, so that was a big challenge for me is like understanding where I'm at compared to Michigan. Um, hiding's a little bit difficult in Texas, but I've learned ways around it. Um, up in Michigan, we got the cornfields that we mainly hunt or those creeks. And in Texas this year is I learned that you can hide with tumbleweed (laughs) (laughs) and, um, being able to set up in a wheat, fresh wheat cover crop field and just put, uh, tumbleweed yeah yeah, put tumbleweed lost my train of thought (laughs) put tumbleweed out there and hide and lay out blinds or even an a-frame just using that and then it goes back to the species is understanding that hey i got potential for speckle belly this hunt and yeah i don't know how to call speckle belly yet but that's one of my goals this off season is learning how to do that so we can call those birds in same thing with snow geese we don't get a lot we don't get much snow geese or speckle belly up in michigan and just learning how to do that because those might come into our spread and being right. able to, you know, like you said earlier, if there's speckle belly in there, shoot, throw a dozen of speckle belly decoys out there. Same thing with snow geese. We added multiple um, groups of snow geese in there just to see if they land and they travel we, together sometime. Yeah. We have um, pictures of a group coming in and there's two or three snow geese in there. And um, that was just a big learning point for me is, learning your ecosystem of where you're hunting what's your flyway goes back to species um we don't get a lot of shovelers up in michigan uh not a lot of pintail um obviously the teal are bigger in texas for sure so just being aware of where i was was a big thing i was trying to take all these michigan ideas to texas yeah some of it worked when they when i had the opportunity to do it but that was a big learning curve for me is the hide the different species um, and then it goes to we have the big honkers up in Michigan and there's lessers down here so calling differently seeing what works goes back to the spread stuff is just learning as I go because I'm new to it for sure the Texas side because you said I remember you telling me I think it was a couple of days ago Lessers are the most, like, they're the oldest yeah, yep. goose, correct? Yeah, they're one of the oldest for sure. But they're the smallest. Like, yep. it, it's it's crazy how yeah. the species, you know, I think what's cool about, 
you know, what we're going to bring to the table in Texas, you know, up northwest Plainview area is the, the variety pack. Yeah. You know, we, we have a guy that loves Sand Hill yeah. crane hunting. Yeah. Being able to bring that we, to the table. Yeah, well, I can't crane hunt in Michigan, so right. I don't I don't know a dang thing about right. crane hunting. So, Nick, you know, we our first hunt in Plainview, Texas, you know, Nick, Nick guided us. We got a six-man limit. You know, we were in and out of there, and I killed the biggest bird of my life. You know, <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was unbelievable. Um, but, you know, the lessers and you know, the widgeons and the pintails, obviously your mallards. Yep. You know, I think we saw a couple wood ducks in the area. Yep. Um, just finding that roost, too, like you said earlier. And seeing what species you have in the area, I Correct. think, is, is pretty cool. But hitting off what you said is... And we talked a little bit about the migration. Yeah. The, you know, the migration starting to push more west. And we saw that this year. Is those people up in Texas are like, dude, this is the most birds we've seen in a right. while. Right. And I love it because, you know, we're starting this company and more birds are pushing towards us. So I'm fired up for that for sure. And then I'm excited to get more into crane hunting yeah. early. I know we only went that one time, but I definitely think I can be obsessed with that too yeah, Just, absolutely i mean those birds when they drop their feet they're two and a half <laughs> foot long and they you know they got a beak on them big birds you know eight inches whatever uh, but i think what's cool about it is you know is making the first annual michigan hunt for yeah. me next next hunting season would be pretty pretty badass just because i've never even seen a greater you know yep. we had a half a dozen to a dozen fly over us in a couple hunts this past season um, but they were just migrating. Yep. You know, we didn't even really get to smile and wave at them. They were just, <laughs> they were hauling ass. And next thing we know, they're a quarter mile away. Yep. Is being able to experience how you guys and the Mac boys, yep. you know, your group back home and, and Don, who's been doing it for 30 plus years. And Absolutely. just seeing how much easier it is to, to flage blinds and the cover and yep. the graders and, you know, the different species that y'all have up there, I think. And uh, everybody hunts different depending on where they're at. Right. So being able to see that, like a lot of people hunt flooded timber in Arkansas, and I've never done that. I'll never go into and be like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So, and I that's that's probably one of my dream hunts. Yeah, kind of that flooded timber with your boys. You know, you're taking a little boat out. um, You know, you're setting out the spread. You're getting these birds to. I know some outfitters shoot them above the tree lines, and some let them drop. Yeah, Um, it just like we're not educated in in flooded timber. So I've heard. Goods and bads, yep. um, but me personally being in waist deep of water with your boys and hiding behind a you know a big tree and having your dog right there by your side and just hearing the echoes of the shots yeah. and these birds working, I think would be so badass. So Absolutely. I would like a dream hunt. That would, you know, I'm not going to count out Michigan though. No, you, I know. you told me some good stories. Uh, I'm I'm excited for if we get that ball rolling for sure. Michigan's going to be a cool little annual trip that we do, and I'm fired up to get that. Might have to uh, make Mad Duck versus Mac Boys showdown. Oh, baby. First annual YouTube <laughs> episodic video. Uh, but I know we, you know, like I said at the beginning of this podcast was, um, or beginning of this episode was, you know, we appreciate all of our listeners, you know, y'all telling us, you know, com- leaving comments down below, y'all giving us questions to answer for you guys. Um, but we just kind of want to make it clear that, we're not professional waterfowl hunters. We want to be. We're take y'all along the journey with us and giving you know y'all charming in and giving us advice. That's I what think. this podcast is for. Is right. like what we learn throughout it. This isn't going to be our one season thing. This is might be a, for the rest of our career with Mad Ducks. Just hopping on a mic, having those special guests come on. I know 
we have a couple special guests lined up, whether that's baseball related or out in the waterfall in world. Um, just hopping on the variety of people that we're going to have on this show is going to be awesome. Yeah. So that's just, what I'm just hearing their stories and what they've learned when they began or what they're still struggling with or some su- success that they've had as an outfitter, whatever yeah. it is, I think is going to be so cool to be able to sit down with a special guest. Yep. Like you said, whether it's baseball related or in the waterfowl outdoor industry and just talking, man, yeah. you know, cracking open a beer and just talking for yep. an hour and just hearing those cool stories and, um, you know, it, it's going to be hard to beat that one where you called in the duck from, you know, <laughs> 30 yards away and it ended up basically being on our balcony. But Almost you know, made just, it at our pet. I should have <laughs> opened the front door. Making sure there's no band on it. Uh, but, yeah, I think, you know, I'm going to pass it on to Logan, obviously, for everybody who stayed tuned for the entire episode. Here is the tease for episode number three. For the love of the game on the stage. Guys, that is the 22s. They just released, not really released, but they are, we met them uh, last year after Chris's uh, postseason appearance. Uh, we actually went to a little bar or venue was, called yeah, The Rustic. Called The Rustic in, in Houston, Texas. And uh, I was down there with Logan, my family, you know, post outing and, uh, Got some security guards because I was in Houston, Texas, and it was game <laughs> one, and I was just, you know, I, I didn't want to hear all the trash talking for all the Houston fans. Um, you know, I wanted it to be an enjoyable time for me and my family. So, you know, we get close to the stage, and, you know, this band's just playing. They're jamming. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, who are these guys? These guys look like they just graduated high school. They're out here performing. You know, this is awesome. They're doing a bunch of covers on all the, you know, hot new country songs. Uh, mostly like Red Dirt, you know, your Zach Bryans, your Cody Jinks, your, you know, whatever it is. Tyler Chillers. Yeah. You know, just those awesome brands or awesome artists that we listen to. And I'm like, man, I'm going to have to like, I'm going to go put $20 in this little tip jar. And sure enough, I guess, you know, some of the dads of the, of the band was there and, and they recognized who I was and they came up and introduced themselves. And, you know, long story short, you know, I said, Hey man, you know, it's, is that your kid up there singing or is that your your kid up there on the electric guitar? And they're like, yeah, they're, they call themselves the 22s because they graduated high school in 2022. <laughs> young. You know, young. Just I love stories like that because it's just, you know, a group of four guys that are all close buddies chasing that dream. And obviously they turned everybody's head in that bar and just watching them and their journey and just being a small part of it, you know, got their information. We, sh- we exchanged some merch. Uh, and they came and performed at my New Year's party. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they opened up for Tanner Ushery. And uh, that was an unbelievable experience for me to be able to host that. But, um, you I know, think we stayed in touch. They're huge Mad Duck fans. They want to go hunting with us next next year um, for the 2024-2025 hunting season. And they, they put together a, basically the Mad Duck anthem, the podcast anthem, whatever you all want to call it, for our intro of the podcast. It's going to be the new intro compared to the old one we got um it's badass i mean 
you'll you'll hear throughout the song once they finish the entire song it's it, you know it's connecting that waterfall world and the baseball world is not only in the field but on the field you know they're targeting targeting that throughout it um but the 22s man they're that it goes back to that um creating an experience uh they're going to be a big part of mad duck for sure you know once we get that lodge up and we have you know a big opportunity or a lot of clients coming in and you know they can come out to texas because we're right in texas and they'll they'll come out and perform for us having a big group and just that it's just something cool that we've created a relationship with them and we're helping them grow their brand and they're helping us grow ours and we're fired up to kind of collaborate with them yeah. i'll say and yeah. it, it's cool i mean they're chasing their dream while we're chasing ours and it's just a cool little relationship that was created and I can't wait to get them in the field with us or even have them on this podcast talking about the song when it fully releases. So yeah, just wanted to let you guys in on the little tease towards the end, a little secret that there will be a mad duck song. Heck yeah. And uh, you guys got a little tease. That's going to be the intro for our podcast moving forward. So stay tuned for that. Once that song releases and it's going to be a good time. Yeah. And y'all can, you know, if you're on Apple Music, Spotify, whatever it is, make sure you guys uh, go check them out. Uh, the 22s. They also have an Instagram. You can go to my personal Instagram, Paddock29, or Mad Duck Outfitters. Go to our following. Uh, we're both following them. So, uh, the 22s. We appreciate you guys, and we're looking forward to episode number four. And here is the Mad Duck anthem again. For the love of the game. Oh, baby.